What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Rob Morris. Listen to the Rims Nets Podcast, episode 51, segment 2. I'm going to try to cram this in in a half hour. We'll see what happens. I went over a little bit. Might have been rambling a little bit in the last segment, but I'm going to try to cram this in a sec uh, for a half hour. And it's going to be pretty much this is the high school segment of the show. And pretty much just concluding the season. Um, I remember in the last pod, I was pretty much concluded, you know, Maine and and, Vermont, and New Hampshire and Vermont, I think they pretty much wrapped up their championships early. Massachusetts and Connecticut was the last two states that kind of had um, a late, they had a late start to their, um, to their tournaments. So we're pretty much, give you a few details on that. Then, you know, I'm going to give you the Gatorade Players of the Year for each New England state. And then I'm going to give you my first team of the all-New England team. And then the next episode, we'll give you the second team. But it's a pretty good list. It took me a little time to do it. It's, you know, while preparing for the show tonight, I pretty much um, pretty much compiled it up. And pretty much put all my research in and, and really kind of narrowed it down to five players. Pretty much kind of like an all-NBA type, you know, format where it's, you got your front court and you got your, you know, three front court players and then you got your two back court players. And how they realistically would probably line up in a, you know, they would play it in, you know, in a next level situation. I know some players that are 6'8", they play center in high school. I'm I'm pretty much, depending on their skill set, I'm going to line them up where they would position out if they were in the next level like they're going to the next level, they're going to college or whatever. So, and I just watched the just watched the first playing game. As the Brooklyn Nets were able to pretty much take care of a game, which they kind of almost fell asleep at the end and almost let the Cavs get back in the game, but they were able to wrap it up. I know I got a few New York fans that do follow me, and they're chanting, we want Boston. I'm like, okay, I mean, I know that you don't have Rob Williams, but I still think we're a formidable offensive team, and if you gave us a little rope that they gave the Cavs, we'd win that game. So they they kind of fell asleep, kind of got a little tight at the end, so I'm it's going to be a good series. I think it might go seven games, realistically. But that's is where the home court will come into play for Boston. I think if it does go to seven, I think we'll. I think I like our chances in the game seven at home. So we'll see what happens. The first game, game one, will be will be on Sunday. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a really, really good series. It's going to be a hard fought series, and it's not going to. Both teams are going to pretty much fight to get what they want, a championship. And both of these teams have transfer, uh, championship insp- uh, aspirations. So it's going to be fun, man. And the fan bases, like I said, look, the fan, they, they get it. New York fans, they get it. 
They're chanting us on. We all know they have a rival with us with the Red Sox and, and the Yankees. And I thought of it all. Okay, New York, Boston. This is going to be fun. This is going to be really fun. So I can't wait. It's going to have a lot of storylines. Kyrie coming back to Boston. He's a former Celtic. It's going to have a lot of storylines, a lot of juicy stuff outside of outside of the game. That makes the series even more better. So, I mean, I can't wait for that. But let's get back to uh, high school and kind of finalize this with again. I'm, I'm like I said, I always have an issue of rambling and staying focused on the topic. But let me get back to the topic where Massachusetts. Let's start with them. Let's start with the Division One. BC High wire to wire has pretty much been the best team in the state. I had them highly ranked most of the season, and they end up winning the state championship against a, a scrappy new North team that really, you know, kind of showed it late. You know, they didn't have a lot of games. They had a lot of games canceled because of COVID, COVID issues, and they had a shortened season compared to a lot of the other teams. At BCI, they played 25 games this year. They were undefeated. And Newton North, I think they only played about – 18 games, 19 games, something like that. They didn't have a lot of games. And they played well. They had a few guys that are pretty good. Flo Kircherin is one of the guys that I would say is one of their better players. But not enough as they play, played against a, a tough Mike, Mike, Long, Mike Longney and Greg Cooper have been big for them all year long. And BCI just used those type, used those players, those great wing players, as um, also that uh, I'm drawing a blank, but he's another wing player that's good, and he also has a tough name too. Having my notes somewhere, Mason 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 Guerrero, I believe his name is. Man, like I said, guys, I can't wait till I can get these names familiar. I'm going to really dive deep into a lot of these rosters coming into next season because I know that's probably been Achilles' heel of mine. I know probably people notice it when they listen to the playbacks or if they decide to download it or not. They're like, oh, man, this guy doesn't really know 100%. Like, you can't get me on NBA. NBA, I'm obviously going to get everything pretty much to to a T point. Pretty much gonna know mostly every, every mostly every player and every team on on every roster in the NBA. But as far as high school goes, doing a little work. Same thing with college basketball. So yeah, I'm gonna definitely dive deep into this once the season ends, so, so that way I can get everything squared away for next season. Because I'm definitely obviously gonna continue this on to next year. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, I can maybe align a lot more guests for the future. So that way. It won't just be me the entire season like it was this season, but like I said, I had to explain to you the situation kind of have been in a lot of transition because of a lot of the stuff outside of this. So I've been doing trying to do the best I can with my situation. But uh But yeah, I would just to say like for for that I would have to say um, BC High, wire to wire has been the best team in the state, in mass. 
and they easily were able to win that game, 71 to 59, the championship. And Mike Long, Mike Longney is was the MVP of that game. Um, just you know, I was looking at the footage. This guy was making threes from out like from three point range. Like it was, it was, it was that leap. He was that lethal out there. So, so you gotta you gotta love his ability, man, Mike Long. I don't know what his what. You know, next level wise, I don't know if he, I, I was. Look, I've been looking for him. You know, far as him getting any college offers, because I thought he had an impressive season. He played with a lot of confidence. He kind of plays more with two at six three. So it would it would seem like he would have some type of you know next level. He probably could have some next level ability, but um. Well, so far, they, I haven't really haven't seen any major offers from him. I'm, I'll probably look, you know, again for next week to see if I can, you know, update it. There's been a lot of commitments, so I have to really update the website on that. There's been a ton of commitments going on. So we will update that, put that on the breaking news tabs if anyone, you know, you know, searches on the site. And plus, definitely would like to get some articles going as well. So we'll definitely get into that as well. Um... Oh, really? So TNT just said that we would be favored in a Brooklyn Nets series against... Oh, that's... To me, that's news to me because I'm hearing a lot of chatter saying that we're chumps, this, that, and the third from, like, all the morning shows on ESPN and FSN. So, I mean, FS1. So, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, but yeah, I'm just. Yeah, I mean, yeah, their def the next defense is pretty suspect. I mean, it, it looked pretty clear. I'm just look. I'm just like kind of looking at the TNT crew with their analysis. But yeah, like it's definitely clear. Like, like their focus sometimes the net with the Brooklyn Nets. Their, their focus isn't there all the time. Like, they, they fall asleep at times. And that's, I don't know if that's the coach, but I don't know, man. It's just like, that's, they can't be like that. Unless, you know, they're saying Ben Simmons could be coming back soon, but they're going to they're gonna need him because they need someone that's going to give them some defensive prowess out there and be able to defend elite guys. I don't think they, I think they have a hard time, they're going to have a hard time really defending at a high level all the time. And that's. Going to be important against the Celtics. They they got a Celtics are a good offensive team, so as well as a defensive team. So I don't know. They got to be better than that. They got to come up with a better effort than that. They want to beat us in game one. So again, continuing the ramble. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, this I definitely want to talk about more Celtics. But I mean, we're gonna definitely continue to keep it on the high school level for right now. But uh, what was I saying? Yeah, yeah, we're just talking about BC High and Mike Lo- Mike Longney's, you know, set next level opportunities. Yeah, we'll see what happens with him. I like I said, I I, I thought he was very talented out there. Um, very good shooter, can handle the ball well for his size. Played more of a three, you know, three position at times, but did handle the ball like he was a two guard. So like I said. 
I think he has some next level ability. I, don't, I mean, we'll have to just check to see if he's going to get. Maybe he might end up transferring out to a prep school, which I've seen, you know, a few guys are already done. I've seen J.P. Estrella just just commit himself to Brewster uh, recently. Um, Tony Felder Jr., the uh, guy from Malden Catholic, um, which could be a precursor to what what could, you know, what could, what could be, you know, later after the show. Tony Felder Jr. He just transferred to, uh, I believe, St. Thomas More. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm a double check on that, but far as I know, a source of mine just updated his school and it said St. Thomas More, not Malden Catholic. I mean, yeah, yeah, Tony Felder Jr. plays at Malden Catholic this last season, so that'd be a nice, you know, move on his part to get a little college attention. Higher level competition. Sometimes you have to do that. You have to play an extra year at the preparatory school, uh, prep, 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 preparatorial school level, which that's basically what it is, and just in order to get some college exposure. So I, I like the move by Estrella to go to Brewster. I think that was a good move on his part. I know he did, he plays out in Maine, and it's not a it's not the highest level competition. So. Some some guys have to move on in order for them to have next level, you know, be able to play at the next level. They have to be able to play against high level competition. So we'll see what happens. But like, congrats to BC High for having a great season, undefeated, or I believe they maybe lost one game or so. It was they they've been dominant all year. I think like. If I'm not mistaken, they were, yeah, they were just wire to wire the most dominant team in Mass, and they deserve every bit of their success. And they're an experienced team. They, I mean, if you look at a lot of their players, you know, the, Cooper, he was a senior. Guerrero was a senior. Well, we just talked about Mike Loney, he was a senior. And yeah, BC High just dominated. They dominated D1, and they dominated State. And they deserve to be the best team in the state. And then And as we just mentioned, Malden Catholic, they just they won D two. I don't have any you know, major news on that, but they did I did they did win D two. So that was one of the top teams that I had. So like a lot of a lot of the picks, a lot of the rankings that I had preseason wise end up becoming true. BC high, I had them high, a high pick, you know, a high I looked at their roster and I was like, all right, they're definitely gonna be a high end team this year. And they were. And they ended up winning the state. Malden Catholic, same thing. At times they did struggle a little bit, but they became a high end team. One of the bigger surprises was Saint Mary's this year. Saint Mary's plays in division three, but they they were out in Florida. They they played a, a very tough schedule. I think they were the best team in, in in the North Shore this year by far. You know, Linda English obviously was dominating those uh, past couple of years in the North Shore, but I would say them and Beverly have been, really been the cream of the crop in the North. But uh, St. Mary's is definitely was the best team up north, and I would have to say BC High which you could consider them maybe a possibly a Boston team. I wouldn't say they're more of a South Shore type of team, which, I mean, I'm describing South Shore, South of Massachusetts, and then 
you know, North Shore is the north of Massachusetts. I would say, you know, I would say BC High, would cons- you would consider them more of a Boston team. So they were definitely the best team in Boston for sure. Talent-wise, their size was just outmatched, which most teams in Boston really couldn't compete. A lot of the Boston teams are usually in lower divisions. BC High was rated in a Division One private school, and yeah, they purely dominated, like wire to wire. And Malden Catholic, same thing. They're more of a you know Catholic school, so they ha- definitely had a lot of players that transferred to there. I remember there was one kid that was from Stoughton that ended up transferring to there, so they definitely was expected to win a lot of games this year, and they did so. That's pretty much wraps up Massachusetts. Um, far as Connecticut goes, I'm pretty much gonna just go through uh, class one, uh, class class one and class two. Um, Bristol Central, which we all know Donovan Clingin goes there. Um, they won Division two. They were undefeated. They didn't lose a single game. They beat Northwest Catholic, fifty six to thirty six in a defensive struggle. Which, you know, obviously Klingian definitely made a factor inside, blocked a lot of shots. He had a 20-20 game. He had 25 points, 24 rebounds. Purely dominant performance with, like he's done all season long. Northwest Catholic has been a team that's been very good all year long. But you have to give them props. Because, they, they, I mean, I would say they probably match up pretty well with Bristol Central as far as, like, you got Maddie Curtis and you have Hayden Abdullah. But it wasn't enough. They just ran into a very good team that's been wire-to-wire, probably the best team all year long, and one of the better teams in Connecticut all year long. And and they purely dominated. So congrats to Bristol Central. Congrats to uh, uh, Donovan Klingian. Um Definitely looking forward to his success in uh, UConn as he's definitely going to be a big part of their success. We don't know if he's going to play early on, but eventually, you know, with his pure size out there, he's going to make a difference for UConn. Just got to, you know, up his fundamentals. And just, yeah, just really just need to get a lot of reps against high-level competition. I think that's probably the the thing that could be a Achilles heel for Klingigan is just a, his, a level of play. I know Connecticut's one of the better states, I would say, out of New England as far as, like, a higher-level play, but still, you're still playing against guys that are, like, you're literally, you're 7'1", and you're playing against guys that only are 6'7", or 6'8", if they do get up to that height. I mean, there's a few six ten guys, and you know, you know that he does play, but it's usually he's guarding guys that are six seven, six eight, if anything, maybe even six six, six five, and he's like just towering over those guys. He looks like a a man amongst boys out there in a lot of these tapes that I'm watching from him. But uh, yeah, congrats to Bristol Central getting the job done. Um, they were challenged though. Um, fourth seeded Wilton did challenge them in an OT game, fifty four to fifty two, but they end up becoming victorious in that. But as uh, far as Class A goes, I mean Class um, One, East Catholic, 
they upset Notre Dame West Haven, which I think this was a huge upset because Notre Dame West Haven for a while in the season were undefeated. They think they went and they like I said, the team we just talked about, Northwest Catholic beat Notre Dame West Haven. So that was probably their only loss of the season. And according, you know, coming into this championship game, I mean, but they have a fairly young team. They're going to pretty much come back here next year because a lot of their kids are young. Like Tajay Jones is only a sophomore and he's probably one of their biggest players. He's like six, seven right now as a sophomore. I mean, they got a lot of high end talent. Tommy, great, uh, Timory Gay is like only a junior. So they they're they got a lot of players coming back, a lot of underclassmen coming back. I, if I'm noted in West Haven, you look at the chalk this up as experience and just walk it off and just say we'll be back here next year and they'll be a lot more hungrier coming back next year. But a nice win for East Catholic. East Catholic continues to to be dominant in the state. This is their third, I believe, this is their repeat performance, the repeat championship. They won it last year as well. I mean, they've been dominant in the state. Absolutely dominant. I think they've won three championships out of the last four seasons. May, they may have one of the better coaches in the state, and um, Luke Riley. And I think coaching was a huge part of why they were able to have this run, because... Coming into this tournament, they were only ranked, you know, I believe they were ranked as an eight seed. So for them to do what they did and beat a, you know, a top end team in Notre Dame West Haven, which has been dominant all year long, has been impressive. And then you have to think their defense, they, their defense has been, has been really been their calling card all year long. I don't think. This team is really more of an offensively driven team. This is more based off of defense. And they do have an elite player in James Jones. He did, you know, showed his versatility in this one, able to get a double-double, had four blocks on the defensive end. So he had a very good performance to, to close this one out. And just the timely shot making, the Riley brothers, Sam Riley, Luke Riley Jr., they really stepped up for, for the coach for the coach out there. You know, for his father, for their father, um, just just purely dominance on that defensive end, and that was a that was a key. And just you know, having James Jones be a a, a pillar out there inside really really helped them. So that pretty much wraps up Connecticut. Um, congrats to East Catholic. Congrats to Bristol Central. You know, they definitely. And I think what made a big difference is that in that the number one seed went down early. So that's what really helped East Catholic out a lot. The number one seed went down and really they just, you know, they pretty much, you know, they did they, they dominated. They they also dominated against Fairfield Prep too. I believe that was the, the last team that they faced. So because they weren't expect they weren't favored in that game either. So they weren't favored in the Fairfield Prep game, and they weren't favored in this game, and they were able to you know defy all the odds as an eight seed. So congrats to East Catholic, congrats to Bristol Central um, for a strong season for both of them, especially Bristol Central. I think wire to wire. I mean, out of the two teams, I would say they were wire to wire this year: Bristol Central and um, BC High.
in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. So, congrats to those team, well, those all the all the teams that pretty much won their championships in their respective divisions. Definitely a strong performance for all those kids out there that really competed out there at a high level. Now for the, you know, the end of the season is always the best part of the season. You get to see the recognition, the awards, and all that. And it's always fun to look at the best of the best, who really performed the best. It kind of gives you an idea like, okay, they could perform. They're pretty much the highest level of players at their, you know, at their level. Then you can get a kind of get an idea if they can play at the next level. They have a future at the next level. Sometimes not. That's not always the case. A lot of these kids they may not be able to play high level collision back uh, collegiate basketball, or they won't be the play at Division One, but they might be the play D two, D three, possibly easily. But um, like I said, my focus in this is sometimes. Which is my the fun part of this is really just looking at these kids at a younger age and just seeing how they develop and if they can possibly be Division One players, if they could possibly be NBA players. It's all that's probably the most intriguing part of, of the reason why I do this. Because like me looking at the film, a lot of these high school kids, it's like all right, I'm basically just kind of just being like like somewhat of a scout in a way. We're just like all right, I'm figuring out talent. Because that's what scouts are really paid to do. It's kind of discover town early. And it's like a great opportunity by looking at these kids to really discover what, who could really stand out and really kind of predict the future of what, what players could eventually stand out to be great players, you know, in the future. And I think that's, you know, what makes the best, you know, the best, um, the best of the best when it comes down to like sports, like journalists and sports, like analysts, you know, who can kind of have a bet, who's pretty good at predicting the future, which is tough to do because it's like, it's not easy. Sports is very unpredictable. Sometimes it's tough to really kind of, but that's where, you know, it's worth it. It's sometimes it's worth it to, to, to predict all that because you, you never know what could happen. And it's, that's the fun part of the job. Or if you know, if you do get a job like that, that's definitely the fun part of it. But uh, yeah, so let's start with you know. Obviously, I, I mentioned that we're gonna do all New England. We'll do that at the end. But let's kind of get into the individual awards, as far as like the Gatorade Players of the Year, the Mr. Mr. Basketball type awards. But this will be the Gatorade Players of the Years. Um, the next part, I'll definitely try to get the all state, all uh, this, pretty much the all state teams. As far as like you know, the respective all state teams for each New England state. Um, and then we'll yeah, we'll figure out all the Mister Basketballs for each state. The only Mister Basketball that I found is that Cooper Flag. Um, one of the you know one of the papers out in Maine named Cooper Flag, one of the top players in Maine. So. And obviously, it's pretty much a you know foreshadowing what we're going to announce as far as the Gatorade players yet. All right, but we'll start with Connecticut, which is probably the most competitive state out of all of them. Um, the Gatorade player there goes to Donovan Klingian. Uh, no surprise there. If you look at statistics, he had 29 29.9 points per game, 18.1 rebounds per game, which we all know 
we all know that was high because he had a lot of 20 rebound games. Again, just purely dominance at the level he was at. Um, six, 6.1 blocks per game. And this is his second time winning the award. He won it last year. So just pure dominance for Donovan Klingigan. We'll have to see how that translates in the next level. But And then he won the state uh, championship. So just definitely a, definitely a decorated high school career for him. Congrats to Donovan Klingigan. All right, for Maine, which I think has been pretty strong this year as far as the competition goes, especially in the higher levels of Maine. You know, Division One and Division Two has been, uh, they call it Class A and Class AA. They've been pretty competitive. And I think Cooper Flag, well, I mean, not think, but I, Cooper Flag did win the Gatorade Player of the Year of Maine. So, had a strong year, averaged 20 points. About 20 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, three three steals per game, six point. Here's the thing. This is the thing that makes him, you know, really a, an intriguing prospect for the future. And he's doing all this as a freshman, by the way. He's averaging six six point two assists per game as a six eight small forward. He's about a buck ninety five. That is that is intriguing. And that's, you know, that's like, he, he definitely can play on the perimeter. And, you know, a lot of guys at, at his height, you know, they're going inside, they're playing center. No, this guy is handling the ball. He's he's making plays. I mean, I don't know how long Nokomis can keep Cooper Flag from a lot of these bigger prep schools that would probably want him right now. Um, he did attend... The U.S. basketball minicamp recently, so I mean, nationally he's getting a lot of attention, not just in Maine but nationally, he's getting some attention as one of the top young players out there. I mean, it's amazing what he's been able to do. I mean, the 6.2 assists per game is 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 is, is impressive. It's very very impressive. He definitely deserves it. He's the they they were just saying um, in one of the articles that I read, he's the first freshman to win. A Gatorade Player of the Year in that state, so just impressive. I mean, he's definitely got a very bright future ahead of him. Even his brother's pretty good too. So, uh, congrats to Cooper Flag. I mean, I did you know mention him in one of the uh, past podcasts. That's you know uh, definitely a player to watch out for, and he's he's already getting the accolades already. All right, for Massachusetts. It went to TJ Power, which he pre- pretty much plays out in Worcester Academy. He stands at 6'9", 210. If you look at him, um, I I was able to figure him out uh, maybe about, if you probably look in the archives, I think I talked about him maybe last year or the year before. I, think, I mean, obviously last year I didn't have any podcasts last year, but I think it might have been two years ago. Because two years ago, he was attending St. John's in Shrewsbury, Mass. St. John's Academy. So, yeah, I mean, the kid had a lot of talent back then. I, I can kind of sense that he was going to be something at that time. And sure enough, he ended up moving on to a bigger, you know, bigger uh, preparatorial school. Um, right now he's averaging 13 points per game, 
like 7.2 rebounds per game, one and a half steals per game, and two, which is a good thing, 2.7 assists per game. That's pretty good for a big man, which he pretty much projects out as a power forward at the next level. So, I mean, I like I like the, the potential that he has. He definitely has some potential, especially at the next level, if he can continue this trajectory. Um, but, yeah, I would say at a pretty competitive state as far as talent goes, Massachusetts is pretty good as far as, like, even, you know, just, you know, public school talent. I think he should probably really stand it out. Um, a local kid. He's from Massachusetts, so... I think that's why Gatorade chose him. Yeah, I'm still wondering why they, maybe they didn't want to go with, you know, maybe Kyle Falimski. But I guess maybe because Kyle Falimski is from New York, maybe that's why they chose TJ Power. Maybe they just wanted to get homegrown guys for that award. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I just know that I chose homegrown guys. I didn't choose, as far as like my all New England team, I didn't choose... Anybody that wasn't that, that didn't live in New, that wasn't from New England, because some of these players they 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 do travel from different states in the country to go to a lot of these prep schools in the New England area. So T.J. Power is from Massachusetts, so I think it's fitting that he was able to get that award. So T.J. Power won the Get Every Player of the Year for Massachusetts for New Hampshire. The game played a year goes to Matthias Belusis. Um, he played at Bruce Story Academy this year, 6'8. He stands at 6'8, 190. Um, he, he averages 11 points per game, 5, 5.4 rebounds per game, 1.2 steals per game, and he has two and a half, a, two and a half dimes per game. Um, he's getting a lot of love, you know, like at the next level, as far as like, you know, a lot of recruiting services are already on him as like a top tier player in, in the class of 22, class of 2023. He's a junior right now. So he's expect, he's projected to be a class of 2023 prospect. He's already getting a lot of love in that aspect as potentially like a top five guy in that class, as far as like, you know, locally, of course. You know, definitely getting some love and haven't seen a ton of film on him, but as far as I know, he's a guy that has guard skills at his size. And he might stand at 6'9". I mean, I, I've seen some footage of him saying he's 6'10", 6'9", but all I know, he's a versatile, versatile player that has good off, good offensive skill set that can pretty much do a lot of the you know perimeter things that uh, a lot of people at the next level like to look for in, in a guy his size. You know, a modern-day type swingman type player. You know, Jason Tatum types, the Kevin Durant types. He has those, you know... I'm not saying he's going to be those... <laughs> he's that. He's going to be that type of player, but he has that, that perimeter-type skill set. He has those perimeter skills. But, uh... Congrats to him. I mean, New Hampshire's not a... Huge hotbed, but obviously you got to give it to a lot of those prep schools out there. Brewster Academy is obviously the best prep school in New Hampshire, perhaps in the country. And, he, you know, he's one of the better players on that team. So definitely deserve it. It's probably him and maybe Deshante Bowen that are one of the top players on that Brewster Academy squad. 
All right, so Rhode Island, Gatorade Player of the Year. Goes to, goes to guard Denzel Corrier. He's 6'3", 165. He stands, yeah, yeah, he stands at 6'3", 165. He's averaging 21.5 points per game, 7.6 rebounds per game. He went to Rocky Hill Academy out in the, um, I believe that, that might be in the Providence area, but I'm not 100% sure. But got to give him props. Definitely scoring at a pretty high clip. Normally you don't see that. You don't really see a lot of guys averaging that much, that many points on a on a team that is, you know, like a nipsack type team or prep school type team. You don't really see high numbers like that. So usually they have to share the share the love and share the rock with all the players that are. You know, trying to get their love as well and get their exposure. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's a really good statistics, 21 and a half rebounds. I know it's not a high, high level. You're playing against teams in, in Rhode Island, but still pretty impressive nevertheless. Congrats to him. And then Vermont Player of the Year goes to guard Jonah Katero, which he plays in Division Two in Vermont. But he was an outstanding scorer all year long. Averaged 23.5 points per game, 3.4 rebounds per game, 2.4 steals per game. Could do it on the defensive end as well. And averaged 3.1 dimes a game. So, congrats to home. I think Montpelier won the state championship this year. So, he was a big part of that. So, congrats to Jonah Quintero for winning the Vermont Play of the Year and, you know, the Gatorade Play of the Year for Vermont. All right, to conclude this show, I know it's a little bit over half an hour. I, I told you I was trying to fit it in, but then I was, like, talking about the Celtics, so that's why it's a little bit over. But let me quickly run down the all-New England, the inaugural all-New England, Rims and Nets all-New England first team. And let's take a look at the front court. No surprise here. It's kind of be a little bit of the same than what we kind of mentioned with the Gatorade Play of the Year. Um, Donovan Klingigan, obviously, with his statistics, man, I had to give it to him. And plus, he was able to lead his team to a state championship. So, Donovan Klingigan gets it. Um, he's committed to UConn, like I mentioned. He's a senior for one of the top teams in the state. So, Donovan Klingigan, congrats to him. He gets... Um, one of my players in the front court, which I listed him as a center in the front court. I listed a power forward. I have TJ Power. No surprise here. Um, one of the better players in the NIMSAC this year. Um, he led them to a championship, by the way, in the NIMSAC. Went to St. John's before transferring to the Worcester Academy. Shows the versatility. Can handle the ball well. Can play out in the perimeter. Obviously, a very good rebounder for his size. Um, yeah, and he passes the ball pretty pretty well. So, I mean, TJ Power, definitely his versatility, definitely is going to be intriguing for far as, you know, college scouts out there that are looking for a piece they can add to their college teams out there. So, look out for TJ Power to be, you know, somewhere out, you know, well, he's got one more year of eligibility, so look for TJ Powell expected to have a big year next year in his senior season. 
and obviously you're not going to be surprised if you got one more front court position. You have to include Cooper Flag. What a season he's had. We kind of we already went over the statistics. He's averaging a double double. Has 6.2 assists per game. Led Nokomis to a Division One title. Just got invited to U.S. basketball mini camp. He's getting a, a ton of love nationally. He's he's getting. You know, I mean, I think he's got a little ways to go until he gets, you know, true, true, you know. But there, are, he's already got offers already as a freshman. He's already got offers already. I think he has an offer from Michigan already. I mean, that's major for a freshman to have offers like that. Um, he's definitely projected to be a top, top-tier prospect. Once we get to see him as a junior and a senior, senior you're really going to – probably see him maybe jump up to maybe a top tier prospect up there to probably maybe potential McDonald's All-American. I mean, he's he's getting pretty much at that level pretty soon if he continues at this trajectory. He definitely has a very bright future ahead of him. Um, now let's take a look at the backcourt. You got guard Desmond Claude. Very impressive season. Led Putnam Academy to a championship. They were 38-0 on the year. Um, I mean, he may be one of the more elite slashers out there. Bigger guard, 6'5". About, you know, buck 85, buck 90. So he's got a very good size. Uh, he just got committed to Xavier, One of the top, you know, prospects in New England region for sure. And obviously, you know, he's big, he's bound. Um, he's from West Haven, Connecticut, so he's a local kid. He's from Connecticut area. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking at these highlights. Well, look at the second playing game right now. The Timberwolves, are, they have the home court against the Clippers. Clippers are up by five right now. But, uh, so, yeah, so I would Definitely say Claude, I expect him to be, you know, I think he's going to do well in college. I think he's going to, he may not be a a guy that might, he might be a somewhat of a late bloomer. He may not, you know, play right away, but I think, you know, maybe by his sophomore, junior year, like we've kind of seen with Benzie Joseph this year that, you know, played some minutes from Miami in the tournament. I think Desmond Claude could be a guy that Xavier will be depending on by his sophomore year. For sure, maybe his freshman year. You know, I mean, he has very good size, and the, the 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 he's got a great profile coming into coming into college. So he should be pretty good. And then, pretty much to wrap up, um, the final player in the backcourt I have, which some people might not agree, but let me make my case: Tony Felder Jr. of Molden Catholic, which. Could be going to Tom, St. Thomas More next year, uh, playing playing an extra year. Um, he had a very very strong offensive year, averaged twenty five points per game. He ended his season with a thirty eight point outing in the state championship to lead Malden Catholic to a state championship. Um, the kid's special. He's only five nine. That's the only mark on him. He's a little short for his size. That that could hurt him far as like next level you know attributes or next level uh trajectory but 
I mean, he's just a dynamite scorer. Like, he just, it just seems like when you're 5'9", you have to be that. You have to be a good athlete, and you have to be a dynamite scorer. And he, he definitely fits that mode as a 5'9 guy or undersized guy at that guard position. So I'm I'm going to give him the nod. I, I wanted, like, I pretty much based the first team off of statistics. How well was your statistical season? And a lot of these guys really, really, you know, fit the mode on that. Especially Felder Jr. and Flag and and Klingigan, they definitely fit the mold of what I would what I would want in a guy that's um you know had a strong season. You know, I base it on statistics. I might base the second team off of just you know pure talent, which. Which, you know, statistics too. I'm not going to say that statistics ain't don't matter, but I'm looking for guys that do make an impact on their team. And they made an impact to winning. So that's why I really based a lot of this on. Statistics and winning. Did, did, you lead, did you lead your team to a championship? Did you lead your team, you know, did you have big games during the year? Were you an impact player? Like, a lot of these guys were impact players. That's why I named these players on my first team, all New England first team. So, pretty much that wraps up the inaugural Rims and Nets, all New England first team. The next episode, we're going to pretty much do the second team. And I will, if anyone wants to look at these in in depth, I'll probably have more of an in-depth scouting report on this. I'll probably post these on the website later on. I don't know when because, like I said, I'm kind of behind trying to just get some of these podcasts in, and a lot of the a lot of a lot of um, commitments have definitely happened while I was you know gone for a few weeks, so I got to catch up on that. Would like to post some articles as well. Um, obviously, focus on NBA playoffs. That's going to be the main focus from here on in. So, yeah, a little bit of high school stuff. Maybe a little bit of college stuff, but really from here on in, a lot of these pods are going to be you know, based off of the NBA playoffs, of course. Maybe I could try to see if I could score a guess for the future. I'm not sure yet. I mean, obviously, you know, I've been obviously trying to get my liver situation squared away. But obviously, you know, like I explained before, it's, just, it's a lot of things that have happened that really kind of derailed a lot of that stuff. So... Just trying to just, you know, get get what I can get done and do the best I can. But um, that's pretty much it um, for this episode. Um, hopefully, yeah, I would like to condense these as, at least at a half hour, but I definitely went a little bit over, but it's fine. But uh, you listen to another episode of Rims and Nets Podcast. It shows Rob Morris. I'm out. Peace.